the history of the Arts 2 site um, really dates back to the mid-1980s because at that point the college set out a vision for the eastern part of the campus and part of it was to develop both residential buildings, which we've now done in the form of the Westfield Student Village, and also new academic buildings as we gradually expanded the size of the college. So this Arts 2 building is really the end of a 25-year programme uh, of development of the eastern part of the campus. The building also represents the culmination of the original idea we had about uh, a decade ago to develop an arts quarter in the sense that we have the uh, main arts building now called Arts One, uh, the Lockkeeper's Cottage by the Canal, which we converted about six years ago, uh, the Laws Building, the landscaped area around those buildings and running into the student village. So this is the final building block of that concept as well, where for the humanities and social sciences, we've got a sort of core of the campus, which is identified with those disciplines. In many ways, this is a very constrained site. So our proposals were really quite uh, complex and s subtle in the way they enhanced the character of the existing facilities as well as provided a new student-focused facility for the university. In terms of the design, the other sort of critical parts were that obviously the Milan Road is a very noisy, busy road. And what's always amazing to me when you first come to this campus is it's, it's really unusual in that it's got this very vibrant, busy, high street Mile End Road on one side, and you step past those buildings into the campus and the quadrangles behind, and you could be uh, a million miles away from the Mile End Road, and the character changes quite dramatically between those two. So the building that we did here, in terms of the, the scheme, was about stitching in to that overall campus strategy. It was a great feat because it's not an easy footprint, in fact, in which to fulfill all the requirements that we had, and the, the lecture theatre, the teaching space, the offices. And I think it is very important that people work in a building that is beautiful. We wanted a really good building, which would add to the public realm, as well as obviously being useful and attractive for the college uses. So we made a very good choice of architects who really took this brief seriously. And I hope you'll agree when you look around the building that one of the key things is that on a very difficult site between the main road and the burial ground, um, they've managed to create a building that's both architecturally distinguished but also a very pleasant place to be. So it's quiet and it's light and people like working in the building. Although we call it Arts 2, the building is for the college as a whole because we were increasing the number of students in the institution. So, for example, the large lecture theatre in which you're sitting now is the largest lecture theatre in the college at 320 seats. And that was to cater for large student groups in many areas of the college. So this is very much a building for the college as a whole, as well as specifically for the School of History and for colleagues in film and drama. The two big items in the brief were the 300-seat auditorium, which is built as a sort of egg shape, uh, clad in wood, and that sits inside what is a fairly boxy rectangular building. And that egg, if you like, is seen from both the street side, from Mile End Road, and from the campus side as well, as a sort of object within the building. And the other thing is the film and drama studio, and that sits as a sort of volume, a double height volume, uh, and projects out on the corner onto the Mile End Road.
One of the interesting things that the architects suggested to us, and we found it immediately attractive, was that in the large corner section on the southwest side of the building, which houses the uh, film and drama studio, that we should think about how to clad that so that it had some particular interest because it's one of the key uh, public facades of the building and therefore of the college. We collaborated with an artist, Jacqueline Poncelet, in the design of that, and she came up with this... Uh, amazing photographic pattern on the facade based around different scales of stacks of books uh, although it appears fairly abstract it's only when you get up close that you, you notice that and that's a kind of expressive feature of the building as well which is prominent the brick wall, remnants of which are traced on the ground floor of the building, that was the original containing wall for the Jewish cemetery. And we negotiated with the planners, I think, a very satisfactory solution, where most of the wall you can see here was a post-war rebuild following some bomb damage. But we took such original bricks as there were, and we rebuilt the portion of the wall that you can see out of the north side of the building and reconstructed it very faithfully in old bricks to its original design of 1740. And we think that's greatly added both to the preservation of the history of the site and also to the aesthetics of the new building. The architects approached the problem of the main facade of the building being both south-facing and therefore subject to high solar gain, so it would be very hot in the summer, and also the problem of the noise from the road. They approached this by the very ingenious idea of making the front of the building corridors from which all the offices lead onto the internal landscape courtyard. If you were trying to think of an example of somewhere similar, is the courtyard at the Museum of Modern Art in New York, where you're right in the middle of the city, and so you can hear the sort of hum of the city behind, but it's still a sort of quiet, reflective space. To me, one of the most surprising things when the building was completed was that although we always knew this was technically a very good idea, we were quite unprepared, I think, for how beautiful it is. So I think the best bit of the building is when you go to the top floor corridor on the south side and you see this magnificent space, which is glass facade with large glass windows at either end, so you get these long views up and down the main road. And I think it's a stunning piece of architecture. It's very light, and above all, it's a combination of good aesthetics and very sound, practical design. It's a south-facing facade. It's fully glazed, but it also has full height louvers on the outside of that. Uh, so on the right, on the left, is the concrete wall made of uh, boardmark concrete. It's actually, it's like a, acts like a big beam, actually, a Virendil truss that spans over the top of the egg auditorium underneath. And punched through this Virendil wall is, are the doors into the academic offices. So uh, this corridor, you can hear the hum of the road, but when you move into the office, it's quiet. You'll see in the entrance hall of the building two tapestries by the artist Claudia Jungstra, who's based in the Netherlands, and also a picture by Zoe Benbo, who's a local artist based in Hackney. And on the first floor, mezzanine level, two ceramic pieces by Nika Royev, who's also a local artist based in East London. On other floors, we've also got some very good prints uh, by some leading British artists. We're in the Film and Drama Studio in Arts 2, and in the background you can hear a bunch of students with Professor Lois Weaver, and the students are doing a master's course which is called Independent Practical Project. We use it principally for research purposes, so postgraduate study, Currently there are MA students here, also our PhD students use it, and staff use it. This space 
indicates the college's commitment to supporting drama and film in having the most up-to-date, state-of-the-art facilities for both our research and also for our teaching and also for sharing with the community. Well, the great thing about the new Arts 2 building is that for the first time, all the history department, let's say all the staff in history, are united in the same building, which is very good for morale. Um, people can see much more of each other. And also in the top floor, we have a common room, which gives us a space of sociability where we can both meet in a purely social sense, but also intellectually. So it's been very good for the cohesion and collective spirit of the department. We house the Leo Beck Institute is on the second floor, which is a very important uh, research institute into uh, the history of German Jews. They needed a new physical home, and because there are lots of synergies and affinities between the kind of things we do in history and the kind of intellectual interests they have, and the fact also that the East End has a rich history of immigration, and indeed we have a Jewish cemetery on the campus, it seemed a very appropriate place for them to move. Part of the plan for this building was also to put it in context by landscaping at the burial ground. I think it's a considerable addition both to the campus and also to the sense that we are proud to have at the heart of the campus a very important um, piece of London history because the burial ground, which originally dates from the early 18th century, is a signal of the importance of this area for different waves of migrant groups, in this case Sephardic Jews, and the college has been working very closely with the Spanish and Portuguese Jewish congregation and the architect Seth Stein to try to integrate the new building with a much better planned perimeter of the burial ground. Um, so we hope that as a, a sort of integral um, development, we're both honouring the history and traditions of the burial ground and also adding considerably to the feel and look of the campus. It's always an interesting aspect of when you're designing a building in theory and how it ends up in practice. I think it's a great enhancement. It's really to be seen not as an individual sort of building icon, I think, but very much as stitching into the rest of the campus.